Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. This morning, anybody? Um, we're going to get into uh, the conclusion of our series that we've called Firm Foundation in just a moment. Uh, before we do that, just want to make mention, Pure Adventure, we want you to get, uh, get signed up for that if you're a man with, with sons or if you're going to volunteer or whatever. Um, be a part of that. Fields of Faith, November the 2nd, you heard that. One last thing that I want to make mention of is our iClub retreat, which is coming up November the 4th through the 6th. Uh, it's coming up quickly, and uh, they have been uh, doing some fundraising to try to raise the money because we don't ever want anyone to not be able to go that wants to go due to finances. So uh, on top of the deposit, they're trying to raise everything else to be able to, uh, to fund every person to be able to go. That includes all the food and the travel and all of those things. And uh, so on December, or on, I was going to say December 22nd, on October the 22nd, uh, they're going to have another garage sale out here. Uh, with some items so you can participate in that way and then today on your way out maybe you noticed it on your way in but on your way out in this corner of the lobby uh, there are some envelopes that have numbers on them and what they've done is the the students that are going to be going uh, have written little little notes and there's some encouragement in there and so as you pick up an envelope you'll be able to pull out some information be encouraged but that number that's on that envelope is your way of uh, being a part if you want to financially so if it's 65 basically you're grabbing that envelope to say i'm going to donate $65 toward this event to make this possible for somebody to be able to go. So you can grab one or however many of those you want. You can turn that in today, put it in the giving box, uh, just put that money in the envelope, and that's going strictly toward that entire retreat, making sure that all of our students, fifth through eighth grade, are able to go that want to go. Um, or if you need to drop that off next Sunday, you can bring it back. If you need during the, during the week over um, in front of our offices, there's a little drop box. You can put it in there. So however you want to do that, we just thank you in advance for being a part of that. And uh, I'm excited about the fall party. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, come on, that announcement. Weren't those the best-looking kids you've ever seen in your entire life? Come on. I know I'm a little, I'm a little partial. I'm a little partial. Um, so as I said earlier, we are finishing up, concluding our series we called Firm Foundation. And uh, wasn't Doug's message, I don't want to just bypass that, wasn't Doug's message last week just amazing? I mean, golly, if you didn't leave encouraged last week, if you didn't leave encouraged last week, man, I... Like, go back and listen again, you know, because I've, I've listened to it. I, told, I was telling my wife this last week, I said, I heard it twice on Sunday, and then I went back and listened to it on the podcast again during the week, uh, and it was so encouraging. Um, but we've, we've been talking about uh, firm foundation, things that um, we're called to build our lives on. We need to have a solid foundation. We've talked about how, you know, if you build your life on sand, you can't build strong disciples on sand and uh, we talked about wisdom, we've talked about integrity, you can go back and, and get both of those messages online or on the podcast, but today I want to speak to you for a few minutes on this title, I've titled the message, By Way of Worship, By Way of Worship. I want to talk to you about worship a little bit today, because I think that worship is absolutely a foundation um, that we need to build our life on. We have to build our lives um, on worship, and as I was preparing for this message, um, how many have you ever tried to explain worship to somebody? Like, what is if somebody just asked you what is worship, what would you say, right? 
So I've been, I've been reading a lot of things, reading in, in books and different articles and different, you know, I mean, almost just anything I could find, get my hands on and uh, studying just a few verses that always stand out to me as we talk about worship and I think about worship from the Bible. And so I have kind of compiled all of that and what I feel like the Lord has, has shown me over the last few weeks to be able to end this series talking about worship. And so I want to do my best. To, uh, to, to bring you a message that may give you, hopefully it gives you a, a fresh perspective on what it means to worship God. And so that's my goal today and my prayer is that, um, that we would understand this thing that we call worship a little bit better today. So um, as we talk about worship, I'm going to present my four points in four questions that I came across that I really liked these and then began to study on them some more is what is worship whom do we worship why do we worship and how do we worship so we're going to talk a lot about worship today and here's point number one is what is worship what is worship uh, for a lot of us as i was thinking about this for a lot of us worship we have grown up or we have become accustomed to the fact that worship is the first 20 to 25 minutes of the service that we attend on a Sunday morning. Come on, I mean, and that is part of worship, but we associate worship so much with the Sunday morning experience, and that's a part of it, but it's so much deeper than that. There's so much more to it than that, than just walking into a room and coming into a building and worshiping together. That is a part of it, but that's not the entirety of it. And for some of us, we, when we hear worship, the first thing that we think about is church. We think about coming together and worshiping or singing. You know, we're going to sing, you know, we're going to sing three songs. And that is the worship portion of the service. But I want to just bring to light today that I think worship is so much bigger and so much deeper than just what we do on a Sunday morning. Now, I've mentioned this before, but this is, this is what I believe um, as far as who we are, I believe that we are a spirit and we have a soul and we live in a body. So whenever you get saved, whenever you surrender your life to Jesus, your spirit is made perfect. But scripture talks throughout about the flesh and the spirit and walking according to the spirit instead of the flesh. And here's what the flesh produces and here's what the spirit produces and all of these different things. And so, so really what we're, this sanctification process, if you will, uh, that God is taking us on. We're on this journey, and we're, we're, it's like we need to align um, our body and our soul with what is actually already a reality in our spirit. So you're saved, and your spirit is perfect, and you're on your way to heaven, right? Like, like salvation is a reality for you, but how many of you have still made some bad decisions, and you've still done some stupid things, and you've walked away from God, and and you've, you've walked back in, or you've, you know, turned your back on this, or you've started thinking differently about different things. Like, we're trying to work this thing out, and we have to choose every day, am I going to allow the Spirit of God to, to lead me today? Am I going to walk according to the Spirit, or am I going to walk according to what my flesh wants? So, I think that worship, really, at the essence, is it's this picture of us worshiping God with all of us. That he gets everything that we are, everything that we have, right? Singing a song is part of it, but it's more than that. Lifting our hands, it's part of it, but it's more than that. And here's the reality, I, I think worship is giving worth to God. And as I was studying this word, just the word worship, it's actually a compressed form of an old English term, worth-ship. 
So worship is a compressed form of the word worth-ship. In other words, it's what you're giving worth to. So what is worship? It's what you are giving worth to in your life. What are you giving worth to? Um, at the essence of worship, we're talking about communicating and demonstrating God's value, God's worth. If we're going to worship God, it means that we are giving worth to God. Now, maybe you've, you've uh, noticed this before in this story, but I found it interesting. Uh, and to my knowledge, the best that I could see, this is, this is probably the first mention of worship in the Bible. It's in Genesis chapter 22, and this is the story of Abraham, and we're all pretty much familiar with Abraham. And this is what it says, just five verses here. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac. And I always love that part, and I like to point out, and I heard somebody else point it out this way one time, that he says, you know, take your son, yes, your only son, yes, I'm talking about Isaac, that's who I'm, that's who I'm getting at, you need to take him. And then it goes on and says, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah, go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little further and look at what he says. We will worship there, and then we will come back to you. Um, Abraham was willing to communicate and demonstrate God's value by sacrificing his son. Now, here's, here's the reality for some of us, is that we have begun to worship the gift or the promise that God gave us instead of worshiping God. And in this moment, Isaac was, Isaac was the promised son. When God came to Abraham and said, you're going to be the father of many nations, and it's going to come through your descendants, and Abraham's like, I don't have any, and then they try to work that out on their own, and that's just a train wreck, right? Come on, you've read the story. And then finally, the son is born, and his name, you're, like, you're going to name him Isaac, and Isaac is the promised son, and God says, will you lay him down to show that I'm more important to you than anything else in your life? And this is what worship looks like. Um, one writer, he talks about worship this way. He says, we do not serve God because of any religious requirement or the threat of hell. We choose to serve him because he loves us. And we love him so much that there is nothing we would rather do for the rest of our lives than serve him with every faculty of our being. That is worship. Now, I want to jump over to a couple of verses that have always intrigued me. And uh, this is a conversation that Jesus is having with a woman, a Samaritan woman, at a well. And, uh, and you're probably familiar with this story. And then he gets to, there are two verses where Jesus, in his conversation with this woman, he says this. This is John chapter 4, verse 23. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Now, we'll come back to this a little bit later in the message, but um, it's worth pointing out that the Greek word here that, that is used, the word that Jesus uses for worship, it can be defined properly as to kiss the ground when prostrating before a superior. 
And metaphorically, I really like this, as it can be defined as the kissing ground between believers, which is the bride, and Christ, who is the bridegroom. So I picture it in my mind this way, that Jesus is saying that this is what worship looks like. This is worship. It's that I am completely surrendered in every way to my Heavenly Father. That I am laying, I, I love that picture of it's like kissing the ground as you lay before somebody who is so much greater than you are and so much holier than you are. And Jesus says, True worshipers are going to worship in this way. And we'll come back to that in just a moment. But here's, here's what I believe worship is. I think worship is a willingness to lay down and or leverage your entire life to give worth to God. It's your willingness to lay down and leverage the life that you have been given to bring worth to God or to give worth to God. So here's... Point number two, what is worship? Here's number two, whom do we worship? Whom do we worship? Now, here's the reality. We are all worshipers. The question is not, are you worshiping? The question is, what or whom are you worshiping? Because we were created to worship. So you can look at your life right now and you are worshiping something. You are giving worth to something. And the tendency is that we, we lose sight of the one that maybe whenever you, 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 know, you first came to Christ and you were passionate about the Lord and you were willing to lay your life down for the, like to serve the Lord and I'm going to worship him with everything that I have. And then somewhere along the way as we go on this journey, we begin to, to, to worship things sometimes like career. Um, sometimes we worship success. Some of us may struggle with worshiping material things or alcohol, people's opinions, even money. I found out one way to, to always offend people is start talking about money. Everybody, you ever notice that about yourself? Can we just be honest for a moment? You ever notice that about yourself? If somebody starts talking about your money, right? Somebody starts talking about your finances and your financial situation, whatever. We all just kind of like get this like. right but sometimes we have a tendency to slip into like success money people's opinions material things career all of these things like we begin to work we begin to give worth to or give value to those things in our lives more than anything else and look at what look at what the lord says about his people this is in the old testament about his people who live their lives worshiping idols and other gods in their lives this is what he says in isaiah 44 how foolish are those who manufacture idols these prized objects are really worthless. The people who worship idols don't know this, so they are all put to shame. Now look at verse 10. Who but a fool would make his own God? An idol that cannot help him one bit. You ever, you ever notice this when you begin to worship other things in your life? And we wouldn't use the term worship. Sometimes we would say we're just passionate. But it's coming before God. And so really, we're, like, we're giving ultimate worth to this thing or this person or whatever. You ever notice this about this? That He says, he says who, who but a fool would, would make their own God an idol 
that cannot help you one bit. Do you ever notice this in your life that whenever you began to, to ultimately worship a relationship or success or your career or whatever, that at the end of that you were just as empty as what you were before? And you were looking to something to help you, to try to help you feel better, be better, whatever the case may be. And then you found out that that thing really could, like I was putting all of my hope and all of my faith and all of my worship into that. And it couldn't help me one bit. It couldn't help me one bit. It was just something that I had created to worship. Turning our worship away from God into other things is really a foolish thing to do. And I think, I believe that sometimes we begin to worship other things or other people or uh, or you fill in the blank because we have lost sight of the one that we're called to worship and his worthiness. This is what I think happens to us maybe most of the time. We lose our awe for God. And so we begin to focus on other things. Maybe at one point we were so in awe of God's amazingness and incredibleness and awesomeness and holiness and all the nest words. Come on, somebody. Like we were like we were just passionately in love with God. And somewhere along the way, listen, you can probably look back at your life. Somewhere along the lay the way, you you lost vision, you lost perspective, you lost You're all of the only one who is worthy of your worship. And so when we lose that, I think a lot of times we step into, now we're we're worshiping this, or this is more important in our life, or that's more important in our life, because we've just lost, we've lost the perspective that God is everything. That he is so holy and so worthy and so awesome And some of us, we just need to come back to the place of, man, I just need God. I just need God. So for the next few minutes, what I want to do is I want to try to draw our attention back to the one who is worthy of our worship. You know, in the Bible, all all throughout the Bible, you can read scriptures. And I just want to point out a few things uh, that I jotted down that, uh, that bring us back to this place of who are we worshiping? Like, what, what, does the, what does the word of God say about this God that we are worshiping? You know, and I believe that, that, that the Bible speaks of one God and, and, you know, expressing himself in three unique ways. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We're going to probably do, uh, I think I'm planning a series after the first of the year to do a, on the Holy Spirit. It was a little over two years ago we did an entire series on the Holy Spirit because some of us are just terrified of the Holy Spirit. Right, and here's like, and, and just, I'll just throw this out there. You'll probably hear this again, but the Holy Spirit's not weird. People are weird. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the Holy Spirit's not weird. People have just been weird. And so maybe you've seen like some weird things that that were called the Holy Spirit, and we just need to come back to an understanding of man. The Holy Spirit is to him. He's he's living in you to empower you and. And, and lead you and guide you and do, I mean, like, you need the Holy Spirit. And so we, I'm not going to get off on that because we need to save that for another time. But, um, but if we were, if, if worship is about laying down your life or giving your life for something or someone, 
then we need to make sure it's someone who is worthy of that sacrifice. And who are we worshiping? We worship the God who created everything we see and everything we can't see out of nothing. I mean, the God who just spoke and things formed. He just said, let there be, and there was. This is, this is who we worship. We worship the God who has promised us that he'll never leave us or forsake us. We worship the God who became flesh and showed us what he was like and then laid down his life so we can be restored in our relationship with him. We worship the God who gave us his word so we can know him and live an abundant life. And we worship the God who lives on the inside of us as the Holy Spirit and provides us with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. This is who we worship. This is the one. He is the one who is worthy of our worship. Here's point number three. Why do we worship? Why do we worship? Now, for this point, I want to go back to the conversation between Jesus and the woman at the well. So Jesus is there, and the disciples go in to get food. Jesus is there. The woman comes to the well. They begin to have this conversation, and he begins telling her, you know, if, if, if you would drink the water that I give, you would never thirst again. And she's like, man, I, I need that, you know. Like, give me, give me that water. And, and she's still not completely comprehending everything that Jesus is saying, but he's having this conversation. And, and if you know what's, what's going on, like, like worship at that time was about a place like a way to worship. And so we worship here and we do it in this way. And no, 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 no. We worship here and we do it in this way. And Jesus shows up on the scene and he says, that's not even going to matter anymore. Like now you're going to be worshiping when you drive, like not to the woman at the well, but you're going to be worshiping when you drive in your car and when you wake up in the morning. That it's not going to matter where you are, you can worship. Because worship is becoming, it's, it's not about a location and it's not about a certain act or a certain emotion or anything like that. He says, no, he goes, this is what he says, look at these verses again. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And here's what's interesting to me about what Jesus said to this Samaritan woman about worshiping God. His instructions were that, that, that we're going to worship in spirit and in truth. You say it's supposed to be here. They say it's supposed to be there. But this is the way that it's going to be. That, that God is looking for true worshipers who will worship him in this way. And, and here's the best way that I could find to define this. That when we worship in spirit, our spirit connects with God's spirit. Like you are a spirit. You are a spirit, and God places his Holy Spirit inside of you. And there is a way to worship to where you are connected with God on that level. And, and one writer, he said it this way, Worshiping God in spirit means that we reach beyond the physical realm in which we live and connect with the spiritual realm where God dwells. So he says, True worshipers are going to worship in spirit, and then he says, and in truth. And when we worship in truth, we declare that we wholly and openly offer our lives to the Lord. And someone described it in this way. Worshiping God in truth means that there isn't any false humility or artificial harmony 
And I like this part. Nothing is held back. What does it mean to worship God in truth? It means that nothing is held back. That everything, every part of you, it belongs to God. That it is fully surrendered to God. I think that worship is our purpose. I love this verse because m- many times we quote Romans 12 too. We could all just spout that off right now, but the verse right before it, look at what it says. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. And look at what he says. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. It's that you are a living sacrifice. This is truly the way to worship him. It reminds me of what Paul said when, when, in, in, when he was writing to the Galatians. And he said, it's no longer I who live. Like, I've been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but the life that I live now in this body, I live it by Jesus living through me. Like, it's no, I'm no longer alive. I have died. I have been crucified with Christ. And now it's just Jesus living through me. I'm a living sacrifice i'm still alive but i have died i'm still walking around but it's not me walking around it's god living in me it's god living through me worship worship isn't just about singing songs or showing emotions worship is about giving all of ourselves to the lord and then here's point number four the worship team can come back and help me the fourth one is how do we worship how do we worship now, some of us, some of us, as I was thinking through this, how do we worship? When we think about how, how do we worship, most of the time we think about an act. We think about um, an emotion. We think about things like this. And some of us, I was just jotting some things down. Some of us were taught, you know, that the right way to worship is by lifting our hands. So that's how you know that you're really worshiping is if you are lifting your hands. Some of, us, some of us have believed that the right way to worship is, is by, by, you know, holding something and singing softly, right? And I, and I even remember this, you know, when I was a kid, like, that, that was the style of worship. Some, some of us, like, we've all been, we all have a different background for what we think and what we associate with worship. Some of us have thought that the right way to worship was you know dancing or running laps around the church come on some of you are like if we ever start doing that here i'm out baby <laughs> like somebody starts taking a lap you better trip them because <laughs> and here's the here's the thing there's not there's not anything wrong There's not anything wrong with how you express worship to God as long as what's behind it is actually worship to God. So some of us have been like, it's like, well, raising raising our hands is what worship looks like to me. Well, bowing down on the ground is what worship looks like to me. Well, singing softly and just standing in awe of God is what worship looks like to me. Well, just, you know, getting excited and, 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 and running a lap, you know, that's what, that's what, Worship looks like to me, and here's, here's the reality. There's not necessarily anything wrong with those as long as what is behind it is actually worship. What is behind it. And here's, here's the way that, 
that I wrote it down. The question is, what is the right way to worship? The right way to worship is with a submitted heart. The right way to worship, this is what I think even Jesus was getting at with his conversation with the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. He says, you're, like, you think you have to worship there, and they think they have to worship there, and you know, if we, can just, if we can contextualize it for today, and you think you have to do it in this way, and they think they have to do it in that way, and this is the right way to do it, and well, we've got it figured out. And I love what one pastor said. He said, we're all going to get to heaven one day and figure out none of us knew, <laughs> none of us knew it all. Like, we'd, none of us had anything figured out. We're just, we're just, you know, study God's word and, and do the best that we can with what we have and just, just follow after Jesus. But it's not, the point is, it's not, it's not about the, worship is not as much about the outward expression as it is what's in here. And the right way to worship is with a submitted heart. It's a submitted heart. Will you stand to your feet this morning? I love this quote. Listen to this says the position of your heart determines whether your actions are merely physical gestures or also spiritual ones if you're connecting to your emotions or connecting to God anybody ever felt emotional but you weren't connected to God if the position listen to this if the position of your heart is not worship then nothing you can do with your body will be either in other words, if the position of your heart is not worship, you can lift your hands all you want, you can dance all you want, you can sing all you want, you can, you know, you can stand there all you want. But if the position of your heart is not worship, then there's not anything externally that you can do that would be worship. Because the right way to worship is with a submitted heart. Now here's the deal. We believe, I mean, we we believe that. I mean, if you've been here for a minute, you know, we love to lift our hands and just surrender to God. There's sometimes you'll see people and you'll even, you know, see me and sometimes I'll, like, I may not even have my hands lifted. I'll just be standing there and I'll just be thinking about how awesome and how good God is. And there's sometimes, you know, where you just feel like the Holy Spirit's drawing you to just get on your knees. And I think the expression sometimes comes from the, the thing that we're walking through in life. You know, if you're struggling with pride in your life, there's a good chance that the Holy Spirit would say, hey, in this moment, will you just, will you, like, will you get on your knees and just acknowledge before me that you can't do this? That you've been trying to figure it out, but you need me? You know, sometimes you're walking through something extremely difficult in your life. And you're, I mean, and like your expression of worship is just, I mean, you come to church and it's like, I need you. I don't know what else to do. I need you. Sometimes we may stand here and it just may be that we're just in awe of who God is. And so there's a moment where you're not even singing the song, you're just... I mean, it's like you're just in, you're in amazement that God is this good and that God is this big and everything that God has seen you through and brought you through in that moment. But see, all of that, all of those expressions of worship, they, they are only worship 
if your heart posture is worship. Because the right way to worship is with a submitted heart, not with a certain technique. So we could all be standing in this room together and we're going to worship here in just a moment. We're going to sing one more song. And there may be some of us that are we're singing. There may be some of us that are crying. There may be some of us that are lifting our hands. Maybe some of us that are kneeling before the Lord. There may be some of us that are standing just in awe of, of how good God is. But it's because our heart is positioned and our heart is postured to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Listen, don't, don't give your worship to something or someone who's not worthy. God is so worthy. He laid his life down for you. He wants to lead you and guide you. He is your provider. He is everything that you need. So my prayer is that our hearts would be submitted to God. And out of that submission to God would come an expression of worship. An expression of singing. Or as you're driving down the road in your car, that you would just be singing your own song to the Lord because your heart is submitted and postured in worship. I'll give you this statement. This is how I felt like the Lord kind of dropped it into my heart. If the position of my heart is worship, then I'll worship God in everything that I do. And I titled this message by way of worship, and here's the reason why. If you really think about it, we're all building our lives by way of worship. You're building your life by way of what you're worshiping. So your focus and your attention and your finances, your resources, all of it, we just have a tendency to, to direct that in the place where we are worshiping. This is what's most important in my life right now, so everything is focused on this. And here's my prayer, is that nothing would ever take the place of God in our life. That first and foremost, we would always worship Him. And that we would see everything that we have as an opportunity to worship Him. Because He's worthy. And I'll end with, with this statement. We build our lives by way of worship. So let's lay our lives down and leverage the life we've been given to give worth to the one true God. Let's lay our lives down. Let's leverage the life we've been given. Thinking back about Abraham, the promise and what he had been given. And he was willing to lay it down because it was not more important to him than his heavenly father. And I pray that we would have the same attitude. God, even, even if it's something that I, I don't want to worship what you have given me. I want to worship you. I don't want to worship what you've provided. I want to worship you. I want to seek you. I want my life to be all about you. Amen. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to pray for you. The prayer team can go ahead and come down. We always like to have an opportunity at the end of our service to 
to pray for people and for you to receive prayer if you're here in just a moment the worship team is going to begin to sing this last song and if you need prayer for anything in your life you can always just slip out of your seat during this song come down let somebody pray with you let somebody agree with you let somebody encourage you we all need prayer from time to time we all walk through things we all need encouragement from time to time but I just want to pray over you before we sing this song and before we in this service just that God's gonna God's gonna work in your heart and that even while we sing this last song that that we wouldn't see it like a song but that it's another opportunity for what's in my heart to be expressed to my Heavenly Father through worship so Lord today we thank you we thank you that we have an opportunity like this to come into this room and to lift our hands and bow our knees and sing a song of praise and worship to you and just express what's inside of us, the gratitude and thankfulness, the worship that we have for you. Lord, we give worth to you today. And Holy Spirit, I pray if there's any person here today who needs prayer for anything in their life, as we sing this song, I pray you would draw them for prayer today. Jesus' name.